Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Don't mind Jeff Blum coming in to Ben and Woods this morning. He's going to join us at 7.35. I'm excited to talk to Blummer. It's been a long, long time. It has been a while. Paulie brought up something as well that Blummer did for us that uh, longtime listeners will remember. We'll bring that back for you. It's not a throwback Thursday. But no, we could do a throwback Tuesday. We'll make that a thing. They both start with T, technically. That's exactly. That's exactly. Taco Tuesday is a thing. Um, no, we'll bring that back after we talk to Blummer. If you missed this, whoo, boy, we stepped in some hot water and Blummer got us out of it. And it's really, really good. I, I had completely wiped it from the memory bank. Shocking, I know. We've forgotten more about this show than you'll ever know. Dude, when Paulie plays me stuff, I'm like, we did? What we did? Wow. At least no most idea. of the time when he then plays it, he goes, oh, I always go, oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Occasionally, it's like... I still don't remember that. You do de- not remember decent that. Decent chance you were on vacation so, <laughs> during some of it. It's possible, but yeah. I think I was actually here for a lot of it, and it's still been wiped from the memory bank. Also, decent chance you might have been dozing off. That's possible, too. Yeah. But there's only so many things you can remember in your life. So true. I mean, man. we do 20 hours on the air every week. Every week. And we've done it for four and a half years. Yep. That's a lot of hours. A lot I'm not going to do the math, but that's a lot. You can't remember everything you've done no. on the air. God, no. It's not all in there. And not all of it's planned. So <laughs> if you don't plan it and it's spur of the moment, you're more likely to forget it. Very little of it's actually planned. Almost nothing. We do plan to play Take on Woods every morning at about 7.09. Uh, if you want to call in as a contestant today for our musical trivia challenge, the phone lines are open. 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. 0973, you can join us in uh, Battle Woods here in just a couple of minutes. That's exactly right, my friend. So I was uh, looking around The Athletic, and Ken Rosenthal uh, put out a piece called What I'm Hearing About Major League Baseball Free Agency with Justin Verlander, Anthony Rizzo, and more. Uh, he actually says in here, Ben, he likes, um, he likes Justin Verlander potentially to end up a... A? An A? Really? That's Not surprising. An a. Oh. A, Los Angeles Dodger. <laughs> Dodgers might pursue Verlander if Tyler. Kershaw and Verlander at the same time. Yeah. Just two clutch postseason performers. Uh, the Dodgers might pursue Verlander if Tyler Anderson rejects their $19.65 million qualifying offer. And heck, even if he accepts it too. 
So Justin Verlander may be coming to the West Coast. Can I just throw quickly that I'm kind of mad that Clayton Kershaw took a deal for even less than the qualifying offer. What was his deal for? Like 617, I think. Uh, and the qualifying offer is like 19-something. Yeah, 19 I mean, it's a, that's a pretty good bargain he's given the Dodgers. He could have squeezed more money out of them if he wanted to, and he didn't. Yeah, he definitely didn't. I hate when the uh, I hate when the rival gets a discount. I love it when the Padres, Colonel Budget loves it when the Padres get a discount. When do we ever get I a discount? I hate it when the rival teams get a discount. <laughs> the, uh, the Astros... Uh, have identified Anthony Rizzo as their number one free agent target because Yuli Gurriel uh, is a little bit older now, and and Rizzo is 33. But Ken also says uh, essentially the Padres could be in the mix for Anthony Rizzo as well. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot, a lot of names that are going to be on the move. Um, Is today qualifying offer day? They have to. No, I think that's Thursday. 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 I think that's Thursday. Today is Roster Protection Day. Roster Protection Day. There's all kinds of different little fun deadlines in the baseball offseason. Protect your rosters uh, today. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of, you know, Radon, DeGrom, Verlander, those guys are going to be the most sought after. And uh, seemingly, right now, Benny, the market is already very, very hot, very, very hot. And the asking price is very, very high for those guys. Anyone else that uh, Ken was speculating on that was interesting? Uh, let's see. Nobody really for the Padres. But, like, Andrew Haney's out there. They did not. He did not get a qualifying offer. He's an interesting guy to me. By the way, that means that um, if you sign a player who does have a qualifying offer, you have to give draft pick compensation to their former team. If they didn't get the qualifying offer, then you can sign them and you don't, you don't owe anything. So it's a little more valuable to sign those guys that don't have the qualifying offer. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you know, you got to imagine if Andrew Haney got a qualifying offer for 1965, he's probably going to take that. Well, that's why teams don't offer it sometimes exactly. because they're not necessarily willing to pay that much for a specific player. It only goes to the, you know, the top percentage of free agents. But you could if you're the Dodgers. And I I would imagine if you're the Dodgers, you want to keep him, man. He was really really good and and you can, you know, negotiate a new deal with him in free agency. So um, no other real Padres news and notes other than, you know, I think they're they're connected to Anthony Rizzo right now, which, I mean, I would be absolutely fine with Anthony Rizzo playing first base for the San Diego Padres. Tough to, uh, tough to compete against uh, uh, the Yankees if they're tr- truly trying to keep him in New York. Not that the Padres uh, aren't spending pretty much close to what the Yankees are spending on their roster right now. They are. But at the same time, the Yankees can't just let everybody get away. I mean, are they going to keep Judge? If they don't keep Judge, you got to figure they're going to make a very competitive offer for Rizzo. But if you're Rizzo, do you want to go play for the Yankees without Aaron Judge? That's the thing. That's the that's the luxury that free agency provides you. You can say, yeah, yo, you re-signed Judge? Okay, yeah, now we have a shot again at, at maybe winning a World Series. But if, if the Potters, you want to try to swoop in and get Rizzo before Judge makes his decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Anthony, yeah, if, if Judge signs with the Giants for some massive contract, then, like Ben said, the Yankees are like, well, we got to at least get Rizzo back. Yeah, exactly. Now you're in a huge bidding. Now you're toast. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, I, I think I think the move in free agency, this is the hard part about free agency, right? When do we strike? When do I? When do we strike? And that you you've seen people complaining about the Robert Suarez deal. Did we strike too early? In my opinion, no, because we got the guy that we really really wanted at nine ish million dollars a year. 
Again, chump change in Major League Baseball but these like, days. Like uh, with the Manny Machado sweepstakes, the Padres really weren't in it early, and they waited and waited. And as Manny didn't sign, they they felt like, okay, I think we can actually get in on this, and they ended up signing Manny at a, but at boy, a contract that I think no one's unhappy with right now, hundred percent. But but after the run you just had and the the building blocks that you want to put in place, can you afford to wait? Can you afford to wait it out? Do you have so much in reserve that you can say, no, no, we'll wait out Carlos Radon? No, I mean, I, I well, feel you like... have to be able to read the market. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what AJ Preller is really. Any one of us can sit there and, and write out a contract offer to a player. Sure. And, hey, we want you to play for us, and here's uh, the owner's money. Take it. What the real skill of being the GM is is correctly reading the market. How it's going to play out, knowing when being, to strike, being strategic, and knowing when to strike—that's yeah. that's the nuance of being a successful general manager. Here, here would be the case if I was the GM versus Ben, the GM. I would have already had a multi-level, multi-year deal to Radon. He would be in my rotation. He would at least have an offer in front of him. I would always look at the guys I wanted, and I would do my damnedest to go get them. ASAP. I'm not going to wait. I want my, my guys in. You don't have to. I think Preller's kind of like that sometimes kind of. as well. They but don't have, can't always be the same. They don't have to learn the system or anything like that, but they do need to be comfortable in their surroundings, know where they're going for spring training, get everything dialed in, you know, all that. You, I think you would be waiting until the last minute to see what was left on the scrap heap. And you need somewhere comfortably in the middle. That's what you really need from your GM. A little bit of me, a little bit of you yeah. could be a pretty deadly GM. And I think A.J. Preller has shown both the ability to go out quickly and sign guys yep. or be patient, buy at his time, and then pick up guys at the end of the market. All right, it's uh, 7.09. Didn't I say 7.09 is a good time for Take on Woods? Let's play Take on Woods. It's time for Take on Woods. Take on Woods. Woods. Brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. All right, we got Brian on the line. Good morning, Brian. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? You're good. Uh, I'm good. We're all good. Woods is gone, so uh, all good. We can uh, we can start our game here. If you can beat or tie him on the same five musical trivia questions, you will qualify for our grand prize drawing two nights stay at the Westgate Las Vegas, home of the Superbook, the world's largest race and sports book. You get a VIP pod. At that Superbook and spot treatment for two at Serenity Spa. You get to pick our category today. Here are your choices. We've got That's What I Want, uh, song titles that begin with the phrase I want. Family Guy, five song titles, musical artists, the word family. And our new category today is called Again and Against. Five song titles, including either the word again or against. So, Brian, That's What I Want, Family Guy, or again and against, which one would you like to play? Uh, let's try That's What I Want. That's What I Want. All right, we just had I Week, but there were a few leftovers. Today I found five songs that all start with the very selfish phrase, I want. Uh, you'll have 60 seconds to answer as many as you can. Pass if you don't know it. We can come back if there's time on the clock. We'll start with our two-second song. Polly will play a short clip of a well-known song. You need to give me the title of that song, starting with I Want, and the artist. That'll score you the point there, and then we'll go on. Brian, you ready to play? I am. All right, 60 seconds on the clock. Your time begins when Paul plays the music. The category, that's what I want. Good luck, Brian. Let's take on Woods. 
Pass. The original single never hit the charts, but a live version of which song propelled Cheap Trick to stardom and became the band's signature tune? I want you to want me. Correct. Speaking of signature songs, which 1998 hit by the Backstreet Boys reached number one in 25 different countries? Uh, I want Pass. Which 1965 song became a new wave classic when England's Bow Wow Wow recorded a successful cover in the 80s? Uh, I want to rock. Incorrect. Which 1984 power ballad is the only song to reach number one of the Billboard charts for Foreigner? I want to know what love is. Correct. Go back to our two-second song. I want to hold your hand. Bye. Beatles. Correct. I want to oh, got, all right. Yep. You got, uh, let's see, you got three, right, Polly? Three uh, at the last second? Yes. Yeah, I want um, to hold your hand by the Beatles. I want you to want me was Cheap Trick. Yep. I want it that way as the Backstreet Boys. I want candy was the right one for Bow Wow Wow. And I want to know what love is. You did get on Foreigner. So three correct. Hang on the line. Could be an interesting game today. We'll bring Woods back in. He's in the dark. Didn't hear that part of the game. Didn't get the questions. Doesn't get the category. Yesterday, we had a 5-5 tie. What about today? Category, unknown to Woods. Reset our song. 60 seconds back on the clock. Your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck, Woods. Let's take on Brian. Beatles, and I want to hold your hand. Correct. The original single never hit the charts, but a live version of which song propelled Cheap Trick to stardom and became the band's signature tune. I want you to want me. Correct. Speaking of signature songs, which 1998 hit by the Backstreet Boys reached number one in 25 different countries. I want it that way. Correct. Which 1965 song became a new wave classic when England's Bow Wow Wow recorded a successful cover in the 80s. Pass. Which 1984 power ballad, the only song to reach number one on the Billboard charts for Foreigner? I want to know what love Correct. is. Correct. Which 1965 song became a new wave classic when England's Bow Wow Wow recorded wow. a successful cover version in the 1980s? Something I. Um, I. I want to be a cowboy. No, you got I want, correct, because they were all I want songs, but that one was I want candy. Oh, I want candy. Holly, can you find I want to be a cowboy? Remember that song? That wasn't one of the five answers. Though you did win the four to three. Tight game today. Brian, thanks for playing. Try again another time. Cowboy. But uh, didn't have enough to take down Woods today. Do you remember that song? I want to be a cowboy, and you can be my cowgirl. Do you remember that? I think so. From the 80s? Yeah. Who sang that one? Could have put that one in. I could have. Yeah, I tried. It worked. I don't know. It seems like you get mad when I put too much country in there, so I, I don't put a lot of country. I know in. country though. You do know country, real country. Brian, Not new you country. A song. I wanna rock. <laughs> I wanna rock. Could have had that. Could have. Yeah. Twisted sister. It's a lot of songs. There's a lot of. We had a whole I week. Uh, yeah, that's a, why a I was a little ago. confused. This, I had some leftovers that were all I want songs. That category was called. That's what I want. Foreigner. Love foreigner, man. Me too. Really? We had a foreigner category not that long ago, I, I believe. I like urgent. I like hot blooded. I like jukebox hero. Oh, I love jukebox, jukebox hero. hero. Kicks ass. Love that song. I would like of all foreigner day of all foreigner songs is bumper. We can make that happen. This one's a little bit slow for it me, is. but I like it. This is there, but it was their only number one hit. It's crazy, actually. right? I know. Surprise! All those jams. Yeah. That's the only. But this one? is the one that got them to number one.
Gotta wait for it to kick in. In my life. Skip it. There it is. Can't stop now. Travel too far. So far. Show me. Is that... I want you to show me. Pretty decent line there. <laughs> hey, I want to know what love is. I want I you want to show you me. To show me. <laughs> I know you can show me. <laughs> Wish casting. Yeah, he is going on right now. That's fantastic. Great band. All right. Well, we've already gotten Woods in trouble with the CHP this morning. <laughs> we got a DDT story that uh, could also potentially be a woods crime as well what did i do now well he did the same oh. thing that uh yasiel oh. can i just say before we get started with ddt <laughs> i read the article yesterday and i went so <laughs> so like, he's uh, facing five years in prison this is great so. this is great we did not put this on the air <laughs> and a uh, fun uh, do do this involving ted lasso Coming up next, it's Ben and Woods. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after a check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Don't do this. It's time for Don't 
do this. What were you thinking? Three stories from the world of sports that make us all shake our heads. Why? <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you? Oh, I'm sorry, I fudged up, guys. You idiot. You moron. You're a dumbass. The apple sometimes does far fall from the tree. Don't do this. Do not tweet that. With Ben and Woods. I like a Nickelback song or two. On 97.3 The Fan. Little early do do this. Do tune in to kick off with Boomer and Valenti Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. As former NFL MVP Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti discuss the biggest NFL news, preview the most important games of the week, right here on 97.3 The Fan. Now, for Don't Do This, I turn things over to Mr. Stephen J. Woods. It's hell, but it's fine. Sorry, um, you call me Benjamin R. Higgins, which is totally wrong, too. <laughs> Uh, so, Tim Hardaway, you guys remember him? Wait, what is your middle name? L? Yeah. L. L. That's all I do is take L's. L. L. Why don't I not know this? Like, off the back of my hand. Do you know, Stephen Leon Woods. Yes. Is that Le- right? Leon. No. <laughs> Stephen Larry Woods. You do? Stephen Lionel Woods. Nope. That would be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> Cooler than mine. Stephen... I know a bunch of guys that have the same... It's a common Leslie Woods. Nope. Lee. Stephen Lee Woods. That's right. You're a serial killer. Correct. Stephen Lee Woods. Or like a blues guitar player. Assassin. Yep. Uh, Former NBA All-Star Tim Hardaway. Appeared as an analyst on the Golden State Warriors TV broadcast Monday night. And uh, we can add this term. You know the terms that we have of things, Ben and Woods list of things that you never reference. Number one on the list being Hitler. Hitler is number one on the list. Don't reference Hitler, ever. Don't ever say... Unless you're like a a teacher of European history or something. And saying Hitler was very bad. That's as far as you... That's the only time you can say the word Hitler. Very bad guy. Hitler. Awful. Fine. You You don't reference Hitler ever and say, you know, actually, pretty great public speaker. You don't need to say, look, he did a lot of bad things, but... but no, right. There's no but. Hitler's up there. That's number one. You on really don't even need to say, oh, that referee is as bad as Hitler. Because he's not. Because he's not. You miss every call his entire career. Not even close. It's yeah, it, it's exactly close. right. So that's number one on the Ben and Woods list of things you don't reference. I would say number two with a bullet is rape. You don't you ever... You don't ever say the word rape in any other con- connotation other than what it is. What it is. So not Tim, something to use flippantly. Correct. Tim Hardaway last night was uh, on the broadcast, and this happened. Steph threw up a shot. Yep. and got hit. Fell to the floor. Guys playing in the paint. Right. He knows. Oh, he can't get out. oh, oh man. So y'all thought that was great D. I thought that was just raping him. <laughs> I think well, came it, it, it could have went either way. Yeah. I think you should have called the police on that. Right. All right. You can hear the other broadcaster. <laughs> just uh, so you uncomfortable. can't say that. So uncomfortable. <laughs> I think well, you came it, it, it could have went either way. can't say that on the air. He knew right away. So, flippant comment, right? Not the end of the world, but he uh, did come out and say, hey, everybody, I... Used a poor choice of words earlier in the broadcast. I want to apologize for that. There's a long fly ball to left field. Yeah, Nick Hey, hey, everybody. I, uh, I used a poor choice of words earlier in the broadcast. I want to apologize for that. And, um, you know, let's get back to the game and let's finish this game off with a 30-point win and, and, and go home happy. All right. 
so that was a definite don't do this, and he apologized. And it, like I said, I mean, it's not the end of the world, certainly, but uh, not something you want to use flippantly, right? Just a good reminder to all of us. So I'll admit, uh, for my don't do this story, I saw this headline yesterday, and I, I kind of assumed that Yasiel Puig was the the ringleader of like a giant gambling operation or something. I really I did, did too when I first saw the uh, the article. He uh, he pled guilty to federal charges yesterday. Um, involving illegal gambling, but what Yasiel Puig did was he he just gambled. He just made bets on his phone, and a lot of bets. I mean, you know, he'd lost uh, over two hundred thousand dollars, and I guess a lot of bad bets. But the reason that he was charged was uh, law enforcement officials were investigating the service, the wh- whoever he was using to make those bets, and he lied about making the bets and he was charged actually for lying to law enforcement officials which is a is a account that is up to five years in federal prison and a fine of at least fifty five thousand dollars that he has agreed to pay just for lying about his gambling you gamble but you don't lie about it you talk about it on the air sometimes yes yeah, probably too much right well if the feds come knocking just be honest. I mean, I guess I would have to be. But technically, they could also charge you with gambling, couldn't they, if they really wanted to? I mean, I it's guess illegal in the state of California. It is illegal in the state we of California. We didn't pass any of those propositions that would have made it legal. I think, is the loophole that I don't actually gamble in California? My gambling is, is in another state. I think you are in California. I don't think there is a loophole. You'd actually have to be in another state. But the, you and your phone are in California. That's true. Yeah. But the source is not. Like, there's overseas. There's a million. I feel like there's loopholes. But I did. I read the article. And I saw the headline. And, and I very much reacted like you. And went, oh, dude, what is he doing? Like, is he, is he a bookie on the side? No. He was doing what me and 99% of my friends do is placing bets online. What was he betting on? He was betting on... Basketball, tennis, and uh, sporting events. I see here. I didn't see a specific, uh, you know, bets that he had made. If you had missed it, Puig, obviously, who was, uh, you know, former major league player with the Dodgers, the Reds, and the Guardians, he had started this. Is playing in Korea now, but he had started this thing last week of like. He admitted that he had made a bunch of mistakes, and he was in therapy, intensive therapy, and trying to get better. And like, well, th- he probably thought maybe I'm gambling too much because it's led to these charges now. So, so yeah, he maybe knew that's probably what he was talking he about. He was trying to do a little PR yeah. cleanup. Well, so I mean, I didn't, I don't know that he was ever going to get another shot in the big leagues, but I would imagine now definitely not. IRS criminal investigation, Los Angeles field office special agent in charge, Tyler Hatcher. Now that is a title. That when given the opportunity to be truthful about his involvement with uh, Mr. Nix's gambling business, Mr. Puig chose not to. His lies hindered the legal and procedural tasks of the investigators and prosecutors. The cover-up is always worse than so, the crime. Yeah. Yep. All right, this is pretty cool for uh, Doo-Doo, this. D.D. Mega Doo-Doo. Luca De La Torre, Ben, is a footballer. He's going to be uh, on the men's national team playing in the World Cup. And Ted Lasso did something. Well, the the crew of Ted Lasso, um, the entity of Ted Lasso did this pretty cool thing. 
They posted billboards in all of the guys' hometowns. And Luca had one here in San Diego. It says, Luca, there must be something in the San Diego water to make it one of the U.S.'s happiest cities. Or maybe it has to do with the sunshine or all the surfing or all the surf shine. Or maybe it's the iconic folks born here that's bringing them joy. They got a legendary skateboarder, a legendary children's poet, a legendary anchorman, a legendary morning show in Ben and Woods, a legendary, <laughs> and of course, a legendary soccer player. Luca de la Terrific. I'm no scientist or San Diegoist, but my studies show this city's about to crank up the happy once you stroll onto soccer's biggest stage. You're going to give them something to smile about from the top of the podium. Best of Luca. Ted Lasso. Pretty cool, man. Did it to all the guys in all their hometowns. And I think awesome. it was a coordinated campaign with sure. the men's national team to promote the World Cup, obviously. Yeah, but, but it's I, still a cool As far thing. as it goes, clever and yeah, nice. And very cool. I was just—I was amazed we got a shout-out in that. Good-hearted. They could have really done cool. a billboard with a soccer ball and the yeah, yeah. USA flag. That's exactly and, right. Uh, Qatar 2023 picture or 2022. Of, picture of the guy yeah. that's playing? No, I thought that was a really nice touch. And, uh, again, thank you, Ted Lasso, for, for mentioning us in there, too. That was, was really, very nice of you. Very nice of you and guys. Is, uh, don't and do do this for Tuesday. That was Don't Do This with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. Speaking of good guys, good-hearted. Jeff Blum, one of our favorites, kind of makes the uh, Astros World Series title a little more palatable, palatable yeah. <laughs> knowing that at least it makes Jeff Blum happy. Uh, we'll catch up with Blummer on the other side of this break. It's Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. about an Astros World Series title. I don't think there's many people outside of Houston who are. But you can be happy for our friend Jeff Blum. He's going to join us right after this check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. And joining us right now in our premier Chevrolet of Girls Bad Fan Hotline, former Major Leaguer, former Padre, now Astros broadcaster Jeff Blum back with us on Ben & Woods on 97.3 The Fan. Blummer, good morning. It's always good to have you on. It's always good to be on with you guys. I appreciate it. Good to hear from you. It, you know, we were actually pretty close to a Padres-Astros World Series this year. It would have been nice to have you at Petco Park 
in hindsight, after seeing how the series went against the Phillies, do you think it would have been any different had the Padres been the opponent for the Astros in the World Series? Um, I th- that's a really good question. I think it would have been very interesting. You have a guy on the Padres who has experience of winning in the World Series in uh, you know in Juan Soto, so I think it would have been interesting to see if if he could have conjured up any of that magic from 2019 when he was a Washington National. And then, of course, having Joe Musgrove come back and pitch in a ballpark that he grew up in would have been very interesting. I think the storylines would have been great. But at the same time, I think we found out that uh, the Astros pitching staff, no matter who they're facing, was going to be very good. But it would have just come down to which defense or which offense was going to be able to overcome that. And uh, we, you know, we saw the Astros be able to step up with the experience. But there is one person in this city that was actually cheering for that. Uh, having been uh, an ex-Padre and uh, current Astro broadcaster, I was certainly cheering for the opportunity to get back into Petco Park and say hi to some old friends. I bet, man. And it was, I mean, it was a, it was wild. The, the, the playoff for us, you know, covering the team. And I was thinking about it driving in this morning, Blummer. And I miss that feeling, that, that feeling of game day and you're driving into work. And I'm sure it was the same for you. Just, you know, biting your, chewing your fingernails off. Just a, kind of a nervous wreck to see how it was all going to play out. Um, there's a sense of relief when it's over, and it's got to be even bigger relief when you actually win the chip, uh, which you guys did and certainly earned. And I, I was as hard on the Astros as anybody, but I've I've even softened over the years, kind of like, all right, it's it's over. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, you know, uh, at all. And and those guys went out and they earned it this year. And that pitching staff was an embarrassment of riches. I mean, it was like, oh, he's not getting the job done. Let's go to this guy. He had you had seven quality starters that teams would kill for. Yeah, and, and just real quick, it was great to see that the city of San Diego with the Padres in it, seeing them go out there and try and put a, a team out there that's going to go out there and compete. And I know it was it was probably pretty sweet to go out there and beat the Dodgers because I remember, like you said, having Petco Park packed for some of those, uh, you know, that uh, the postseason appearances we had against the St. Louis Cardinals and then some of the competition between the Dodgers and Padres, that's one of the maybe less talked about rivalries. It was a blast always to play in Petco in that environment. So I can only imagine what it was like in that championship series. So credit to the San Diego Padres and fans for getting out there and trying to encourage those guys. But at the same time, you know, sitting here in, in Houston and watching and trying to prognosticate, can they, can they repeat next year? You know, what pieces are they losing? What are they, what are they going to have to go out and get? And you sit back, and like you said, it is an embarrassment of riches because they went out and signed Rafael Montero to bolster, continue to bolster their bullpen. And they have some unbelievable depth in their bullpen. They've got some big names like Brian Abreu, who really kind of emerged onto the scene. They've got a closer in Ryan Presley that's going to be there for another year or two. But these guys have set themselves up to be successful for the next, again, amazingly, next two or three years with some of the guys they've signed. They've got Altuve. They've got Bregman. Uh, Jeremy Pena is a rookie and under club control for the next <clears throat> five years. So these guys are set up very nicely, even with the consideration that they possibly might lose Justin Verlander to somebody else. Yeah, there's no question. We're talking to our pal Jeff Blum here on uh, Ben and Woods this morning. And, you know, one of the guys, uh, the architects of that, James Click, uh, one-year deal, rejected it. He's going to be going on to, to, I can't say greener pastures. I guess I'd just say other pastures <laughs> because the pastures in Houston seemingly are very, very green right now. I, you know, I don't, I don't know how much you can talk about it or, or what you know, but uh, I did find it interesting. But it also seems to be kind of the Astros' way. Like, we always... We always laud the Patriots, right? Boy, they know when to 
they know when to let a guy go, right? And and mm-hmm. and being able to say we trust in Jeremy Pena, we're going to let Carlos Correa, who is an absolute spark plug, we're going to let him go. We're going to let him walk, and they were rewarded with a World Series. Do you get the same vibe with James Click, or was it just kind of a uh, you know difference of opinion? Um, I think it was a little bit of both. And to be honest, I, I enjoyed James Click. He was a wonderful conversation about baseball. Uh, did a good job with the analytics side. He also did a very good job of bringing back scouts to the organization. That was one thing Jeff Luno started to eliminate was the using of scouts. And I think James tried to really get eyes on guys to see if they matched up with some of the analytic numbers they were seeing in return. But he was also brought into a tough situation. Back yeah. in 2020 when the scandal broke, you know, Jay, Jim Crane was in a tough spot. He needed a manager. He needed a, a general manager immediately. And he got lucky with Dusty Baker being available at the time, so that's worked out incredibly well. But at the same time, it wasn't a panic move, but I think it was a very abrupt move to bring uh, James Click in. So you brought in the guy that looked good on paper, and you had no idea about the personality. And I think eventually, you know, Jim Crane is 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 a very is a very aggressive owner in the sense that he wants to win. He likes to have to be involved, and I think the idea of what Jim wanted to do as opposed to how James wanted to handle it is what created a little bit of uh, friction. And unfortunately, they weren't able to work through that. Jim offered James a a one-year deal, and I think James Click understood that the writing was on the wall with a one-year deal that he could possibly be out at the end of it and didn't want to take it, wanted a little more security. So you can't blame him in that sense. But also, it was just a really tough situation because you already had a team in place, like you said, and he really wasn't. He really didn't take advantage of any opportunities to really go out there and make a big splash. Yet he won a World Series. Chatting with Astros broadcaster Jeff Blum here on Ben and Woods, and uh, you mentioned Dusty Baker. So, uh, is it cynical of me? I mean, I love Dusty, and I thought it was a great hire for the Astros at that time. They needed someone with a good image, a good reputation to stabilize things. But I also thought at the time that that's. That was kind of why they brought Dusty in. It wasn't necessarily because they thought he was going to be the best chance to win the World Series. They needed the right guy, though. He turned out to be both of those guys, though, at the same time. Did that surprise anybody? Um, I don't know if it surprised anybody because we, we because like you just said, you know, when he came in in 2020, he came in because of because of his reputation as a player, because of his reputation as a manager, just being a good manager. But at the same time, there hasn't been – I don't think there's been anybody in the history of the game that's known Dusty Baker that has gotten mad at him. You know, you can you can question what he does on the field as far as uh, player personnel moves and things like that, but you're never going to get mad at Dusty Baker. He's, he's a masterful in front of the media, tells a great story, is beloved in, within the game between both management, players, and media. So he, his, his initial purpose was to deflect a lot of negative attention from this ball club and I think he did that over the last two or three years. And what that kind of progressed and turned into or evolved into was this great paternal figure that created a lot of trust in that clubhouse between player and manager. And I think as soon as Dusty understood that he got past all of the controversy and understood that he had a really, really good team here, he figured out how to maneuver this ball club and put them in great positions. And he did a great job in the postseason with some of the moves he made and developed a lot of trust with these guys and where he convinced them to go out there and play hard enough to get him that first World Series championship. But you're right in the sense that it kind of it, it kind of morphed into 
we need we need a we need a front man that can kind of deflect some of the negativity that turned into a pretty good manager with this ball club. He was a nice fit. Yeah, he really was, man. And and yeah, he was one of the guys I was obviously most happy uh, to see win it. Talking to Jeff Blum here on Ben and Woods this morning, and uh, so Blummer. The, the game, as you know it, has changed, right, since you played, uh, different rules mm-hmm. and, and, and certainly, and it's going to change again. <laughs> you know, you as a broadcaster, <laughs> we as, as morning show hosts and avid, avid fans, we're all going to have to get you some, you know, the, the bigger base thing doesn't do a lot for me. Great. If it works, it works fine. The elimination of the shift, though, I, I, I look at that and I think about certain players that jump into my head and, Think about all those 120-mile-an-hour ground balls Juan Soto hit into the shift in the playoffs, and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe uh, maybe there's a little something here. What are your kind of thoughts on that? I mean, you were, you were an infielder too, right? So you, you, you've got to yeah. have some thoughts on this stuff. No, I definitely do. The shift is a big one for me. I know the pitch clock is just going to be a little more entertaining in the sense that guys are going to be running to the plate. Pitchers are going to be working crazy fast. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's going to create some serious antics, uh, I, I think, and put a lot of pressure on the umpires. But I'm with you because the shift has always been fascinating to me. And, you know, it didn't really start to happen until I was out of baseball where they started these drastic shifts where you put in, you know, four outfielders or three guys on one side of the infield. And now you you take that away from them. So a lot of these analytic departments are going to have to work a little bit harder to try and figure out how to work within the new rules. But I do think it definitely benefits the left-handed hitters, like a guy, especially a guy like Juan Soto, who you know can pull a ball at 120 miles an hour, like you're talking about, not see the reward because there's a rover playing shallow right field. And left-handed hitters are the ones that, uh, that will benefit the most from this shift situation because. If you're a right-handed hitter, you can't put your shortstop in left center or left field because it's such a far throw. Or left-handed hitter, you can put that second baseman in right field because they can actually make that throw in time to get the runner at first base. Yeah. So keeping everybody on the infield, keeping two guys on each side of the field is going to definitely open up some holes. And I think Juan Soto is a better a better talking point for me than a guy like Joey Gallo or right. you know some of these other monster left-handed hitters because. Juan Soto is a high contact guy. You know, these, these rules aren't creating contact. So the guys like Juan Soto who have great at-bats, put together contact, those are the guys that are going to benefit. So I think Juan Soto, you haven't seen the best of him yet. You may see the best next year in San Diego. Ooh, good stuff. Talk, talking to Blummer now. Uh, while you were talking, Jeff, Woods asked me to ask a question. I don't know why. He's sitting right there, but I guess he feels like he's asked too many questions already. Yes and then fed me a question to ask you. Yes. Normally I would kind of bristle at that, but it was actually a decent question. So from Woods through me. My conduit. Yeah. Um, so one, <laughs> nice thing, disclaimer. One, one thing that the Padres, I think, could do a better job of is developing their own players from the minor leagues into big league stars. The Astros seemingly have had a lot of success, whether it be international signings. AJ's you know, made a splash with international signings, but haven't necessarily seen those guys graduate to the big leagues. He's traded some of them for good pieces. What is it that the Astros do so well that has turned these guys into stars on the big league level? It's a brilliant question, by the way. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I was say I don't know why he was so scared to ask this question, man. That was a good question. Yeah, I think you should have just you should have totally just rebuffed him and said, "No, I'm going to make this mine." <laughs> but it's it's a really good question, and it's one of the things that I've actually had a lot of fun sitting here and watching in this organization because I came in in 2013 when they were losing 111 games. 
But, uh, you know, Ozzo Campo is probably the, he is the architect of what they've done internationally. He is now with the Miami Marlins as an assistant GM, but he was a guy that would go out to, you know, he would literally travel the world. And, you know, he would scout these guys with his eyeballs. He would do the background on them, seeing, you know, what their moms and dads did, where this athleticism came from. But I think what he did the best was, we hear a lot about international guys signing at the age of 15, 16, 17 years old, and you're trying to pluck these guys early. What Ozzo Campo did was kind of hang on a little bit and see some of these guys who were 18, 19, 20, and saw if they were maybe late bloomers or developed a little bit later than some of these other guys and took a chance on them and obviously did for an affordable price. Um, you know, there's Jose Urquidy was probably the, the most expensive international sign out of Mexico, and he signed for $100,000. You got Fromber Valdez, Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, some of these guys for ten to $30,000 just to get them to come over here and play baseball, and then they develop them. But I think what the Astros have done is kind of have this great organizational. Every organization, I think, is looking for an identity, and the Astros have the identity of we are going to put together some of the toughest at-bats as far as an offense is concerned. We're not going to expand our zone. We're going to teach these kids that if you go outside the zone, you're not going to be successful, so why swing at it? They stay in the zone, and when that pitch is in the zone, they've developed swings and bat pass or whatever you want to call it to be able to get the barrel to the baseball and create damage. Yep. And then you have pitchers. They, talk, they emphasize spin. They act, emphasize max velocity. They are doing some of the fine-tuning in the minor leagues to make sure that these guys are ready when they get to the big leagues. And I think another thing with the Astros is they've developed a winning culture. And a lot of these coaches that are in the big leagues now for the Astros have moved along with some of these guys that are there now and kind of created that culture at a young age saying, we want you to do well and be successful as an individual. But if you play well as a team, that individual success is going to be just a byproduct of going out there and winning. And I think that's what they've been able to, to develop is get guys up here that know how to win. And, of course, you guys have seen the game change in a sense of athleticism. The Astros do a very good job of identifying athletes and turning them into ball players. That's awesome. Man. Great answer. Great Woods, answer. I was going to ask you if you had any other questions you wanted me to ask Jeff Blum, but unfortunately we're out of time. So, Jeff, thank you so much, and uh, hopefully we'll chat again soon. Thanks, Blummer. No, no, anytime. You guys are great. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Jeff Blum and our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet Finding Roads. A little uh, throwback with Blum when we come back as well. <laughs> this is great. Right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.